<laughs> a medium muff. All right. Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Humble Guitar Buying, Selling, Trading, Mining, Things, Where You Really Play. Tragedy has struck the YouTube industry, Steve. What? Rick Beato got. <laughs> What's that, Ryan? Tell me more. Rick Beato got a copyright strike. I heard he's an industry plant. Oh my gosh, shut up. Like a, <laughs> like like, a cactus like or a, like a succulent? I think he's like a succulent. Like Maybe a fern? Like he's what he's, kind of industry plan are we talking about? Been slowly growing over the last five years, and he's reached two million people now. It's definitely like succulent status. Okay, so he's like a Joshua tree. It takes yeah. years and years yeah. and years for them to Cent grow. A century yucca. <laughs> I told you I didn't want to take it this direction, speaking, and you, you know, went all the way that direction. Speaking so, anyways, whatever. Rick Beato. Uh, he, he always gets, uh, you know, demonetized and yeah. stuff like that on his channel. Yeah. A lot, uh, a lot of guys do that. And he constantly complains about it. Like it, it, se it <laughs> seems like he? every other time I see a, a Rick Beato video show up, it's him being like, I got, Oh, copyright strike. I got demonetized. And every single time I honestly don't watch much of his content, but every single time my gut reaction is, is like, we almost never get those. And when we do get something like that, it's because we played a listener's song and they had it registered with CD baby or something like that. And I'm totally fine with us losing the buck 50 that we make yeah, yeah. for monetization going to a listener and they'll probably get 35 cents all from CD you, baby when all it's all you, said and done. All of you CD baby guys, distro kid, who else? Who else have we gotten them from? Yeah. I don't know. All those people. All those people. But um, he's a much bigger channel, so it's like, yeah, I get it. It sucks to have a video that you worked hard on get taken down. Right. But it's also, you know, that's actually because I, I watch a I watch a few different um, YouTubers who just basically they all of their videos review music videos or like uh -huh. live performance. Like, there's a bunch of them. There's one guy who's got like I don't know, like we're in the wrong business because he has like eight million subs. Um, and basically he's like, uh, pop singers, can they sing live? And so he'll compare the music video, which is the studio track, to right. like a live performance of the same artist and be like, no, they're pretty good live or, oh, they suck live or whatever. Yeah, there's so many videos that use content in them. Yeah. And, and literally every single one of the videos for that guy, it's, it's actually funny because he does a video, like a one video a day right? or like, you know, three or four videos a week or whatever. And again, 8 million subs. So he's losing like thousands of dollars a week. <laughs> Could uh, you imagine having 8 million subs? I don't think, I, I don't think I'll ever be hungry enough to eat 8 million sub sandwiches. Well, it just depends on the size of the sandwich. That's true. Like Little if, sandwiches. Maybe if you had like a, if you had like a microtome, you could just take a foot long and cut it into 8 million slices. <laughs> and technically, I guess you could say you have 8 million subs. Uh, but, but Rick Rick does these videos where he like dissects songs and talks about songs. Yeah. And in the we we did a little bit of homework, which makes me feel dirty that we actually yeah. like researched something. We watched his video uh, talking about this. And he says, why are you doing that? Stop touching that, Steve. Um, <laughs> it's a solo button. It doesn't do anything to the recording. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you totally derailed my thought here. I'm just he trying to access Eastview, uh, New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. He, uh, he was saying that he can't 
do the teaching that he does through his videos right. without playing the examples. And part of me wants to call BS on that. Like, I think if you, if you, I feel like I could do a series on songs that I like and not play enough of the song to get flagged. Like I could just be like, Hey, here's the link down below. Go listen to the song as it is, you know, in the provided track right. on YouTube and I'm going to discuss it and I'll put little, you know, like three second clips here or there to talk about this one segment that I'm talking about. Like so, three seconds is longer than you think, you know, it's longer than you think, but I think it depends on like on the way it's structured. I mean, you think about, Oh, you know, take a simple one, take stairway. Like the, in, sure. the intro to stairway is like 45 seconds long. But You're you not can talk about, you can talk about stairway without playing it and anyone can go and find the track and listen sure, to it. Sure, But if you're going to like, dude, people are lazy. And if you're doing it on your phone, you can't do that at all. It's not also, isn't he supposed to be a really good musician? He could, he is a really good musician. He could pull. And you know, I know that really good musicians get stuck in a demonetization trap where they're too good. They're so good that the things that they play get flagged. And I've yeah. never experienced that. And I never will because I suck at <laughs> guitar and all music in general. So I'll never get flagged that way. But I feel like if you're a, if you legitimately are a good enough musician, then you can play it in a way to show the thing that you are trying to demonstrate about the song without playing the entire piece or enough of the piece to get flagged. Like, I feel like you've, you know, with, with any industry online around content, you have to figure out where the edges of the box sure. are. Like sure. so often the, the, the cliche with artists is like, oh, I know you want to work outside the box. No, artists need to know where the box is. Right. You need to know where the barriers are so they can fill the box to its brim. Part of being a entertainer, an infotainer, whatever you want to call yourself uh, on YouTube, wherever you are, is finding the edges of the box and working with, you know, the criteria that you have to work without, without going outside of it, without getting yourself in trouble, especially when, you know, your income and preserving your content is on the line. Okay, here, I'm going to stop you right there for a second. Sure. Okay. Here's why none of that actually matters. Okay, lay it on this me. Is, this is the, this is the, the beauty, whatever, whatever you want to call it, of Patreon. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, if Rick Beato gets the same, I, I'm assuming he has a Patreon. I don't he better. Think, I don't think he's. If a, he doesn't, you know, he's leaving money on the table. Uh, if he he gets Patreon subs at the same rate that we get Patreon subs, uh, he should have about four thousand wow. Patreon subs. We, I'm basically we have you know uh, almost a hundred subs, sixty nine or uh, almost a hundred Patreons, at uh, just uh, sixty nine thousand four hundred and twenty subs. Uh -huh. Plus a few more since then. <laughs> uh, so so if you use that same, you know, he has like 3 million. Let's subs. just tell everyone forever that we have 69,420. Yeah. Um, basically, you work you work backwards to that and he should have, if he got the same rate of sub, sure, uh, sure. Patreonage that we do, then he would have like 4,300 patrons. Wow. Which, if he got it at the same like average uh, donation that we do, He'd be making twenty one thousand dollars a month off Patreon. Damn. So, so the, what? My my only point is, he's not really even losing money by like getting. He, if he's he, losing money right now, then he is not being smart with his audience. But what I'm what I'm saying is like, he if he's losing money because he's making a video about Led Zeppelin and playing Led Zeppelin, he's making all of that money up 
on the fan side. Yeah. Like, I think I think if if he's making anywhere near that, if he's even making half of that doing YouTube, I think it's in poor taste for him to make videos complaining about takedowns and stuff. I think I don't know, but but the the content creator side of no, me, no, no. the yeah, the, co the content creator side of me is like, "Oh, you got to milk every little thing that yeah. happens." So, you know, that's how you build an audience is by complaining about things that don't need to be complained about. So, I get it. I, I get it. I don't, you know, I don't blame him for saying this is and I think the copy, you know, I I don't we watched the copyright strike video and he said that that was like the first one that he had and that he got it from um, a car song. A car song. Apparently, a Rick Beata video. It was not just what they needed. Is that the cars, <laughs> or is that Cheap Trick? <laughs> Dang it! I think I made a joke that good, good try, Steve. I've been building that joke isn't in my car, head for like twenty minutes. Isn't the cars let the good times roll? It is let the good times roll. <laughs> oh man, I've been sitting on that one literally since we started talking. Oh about no, they did just what I needed. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> What the moment you said of? cheap trick, I was like, oh yeah, maybe it is cheap trick. Uh what's the cheap trick song? Uh, uh Surrender is a cheap trick song. No, but there's like a really big one. Uh why can't, it's not popping in my head right now. Damn it. You erased my memory by scrambling the cars with cheap <laughs> trick. Damn you, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what song he did in the video, but I'm sure it was a great song because the Cars is a great band. Um, but there's, it's, I, there's ways to contest that stuff. Yeah, he made it sound in the video like, like he's at a dead, dead end and there's nothing he can do. I'm pretty sure there's things he can do. Oh, you know what? Rick has RickBiato.com, so I don't even think he has. Uh, it doesn't even look like he. He has a Rick. Uh, get a Patreon, Patreon. Rick. Maybe, uh, maybe I just can't find the link. If anyone's, you know, you've got two million subs. Percent of those people are going to want to give you money directly. You could do what you could do is you could take that video and you can publish it privately for your Patreons. Like, hey, here's the one that got taken down. Mm -hmm. Host it somewhere else, like on Vimeo or something. Okay, he's got he's got something called the Beato the Beato Club, the, the Beato Club. There you go. Um, so it's not through Patreon, but it's something similar. So basic, the basic entry is five dollars a month. So again, if, he, if he's getting the same kind of subs subscriber rate that we do, he's making like twenty one thousand dollars a month off of this. I'm not saying he is. Rick, don't come after me. You're never going to see this video anyway. He's gonna, you don't care about No, me. he's going to do a takedown video on us. I hope Bring so. Bring it on, Beato. Oh, but, uh, no, he's going to do a takedown video. And he's like, I don't make $22,000 a month. I make thirty-two, And then he's going to send Hitman after well, us. Well, I will say. With all that money that he's there, got. There is a Rick Beato Platinum Club at $100 a month. And it's sold out. Whoa. So I don't know how many people it takes to sell that out. But he sold it out. Good job, Rick. $100 a month. I just want to say that our $100 level will never sell out. That's our commitment to our audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we love you guys. We wouldn't cut you off like that. So, I mean, I think overall copyright on YouTube is really interesting. And there are a lot of people who... Oh, uh, it's definitely a big struggle I, I and think, it definitely I, could be better. I think most... Most people who are doing critiques videos just accept it for what it is and they do the Patreon. They do some other side hustle thing because the reality is, is, is normally, again, according to Rick, if you get a copyright claim, so basic copyright claim is 
Uh, and actually, Mary Spender mm. did a video recently mm-hmm. talking about copyright claim and was saying something about how she actually makes like more money off of a copyright claim mm. because of the way like it was really weird and you have to find the video. But basically, she was saying something about how like uh, the way the revenue is cut uh, because it g- was going through like her pr- her like she owns the song. Right. It's for so a song that she yeah, yeah, so that she was she actually owns. getting like a be- a better cut off of her own song going like the roundabout way. It was it was weird. Interesting. I, I, I don't really understand it. And I'll maybe have to I'm go watch it, that one. Maybe I'm getting it super wrong. Um, but anyway, the, the point is, Mary, jump into the comments and straighten us out. Yeah. Uh, but but the point is like you know this is a known thing on YouTube. You can fight it if you want. Uh, according to Rick, when you fight it and lose, you can also get a strike, which is why a lot of these people who are building their channel through lessons or through things that are involving other people's music, just let it happen because, right. because the growth of the channel is, and being able to be flexible and do whatever you want. That's the goal. Well, I think in his case, I mean, you know, like most, most of us YouTube people we're creating so much content that when something uh, has a big wall against it. Yeah. You just move on like, well, I'll just, yeah. I'll make another video. You know, yeah. I, I've got more content to make. I don't want to spend my life fighting this in court or something like that, but you know, definitely go through the process to contest things, whatever, right. Whatever and, way is provided. And you know, if it, the opportunity, you know, shows itself, I hope there's people out there fighting the good fight for us content creators and the courts and stuff like well, that. I think, and I think he was saying like, he's fighting the strike because he wants to be able to post the video. He doesn't mind giving the revenue oh, away, of course, yeah. but he wants to be able to post the content. Yeah. And it was like video 99 of a hundred video series. And it was only the third video to even to be, to receive like a takedown notice. And the only one of, so he's received three takedown notices in a hundred video series. And only one of those actually received a strike. Right. And the strikes, which is weird to me, like the strikes actually, you get a strike, like the, basically the copyright holder has to be like, screw you and this is going on your permanent record. Right, right. They have to do an extra thing to really throw the sting on you. So there's three levels. The first level is the Rihanna level (laughs) where you're making, you want to make money off of Rihanna, but Rihanna says to you, bitch, better have my money. That's level one. Here we go. Level two. I don't know. It's just like you, they take the video down and level three is it goes on your permanent record. That's, that's the, uh, I was that's hoping a, you were going to have more of a, like a cultural touchdown for each the, level. Well, the permanent record one, that's a violet femme, right? Gone, I know. daddy gone. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't have a second one when yeah. where it just disappears. There's a lot of songs about disappearing. So now you're all caught, caught up guys on the Rick Beato news. Oh, man, I hope we got a bunch of clicks off of this. People who want to tune in and find out what we have to say about the thing that Rick already said. What's new, Steve? Uh, <laughs> what do you got going what's on? What's new is I thought we were doing an ad. You want to do an ad first? Let's well, do an ad first. we're supposed to. That's what our my order says. This ad. Did I screen grab who? This was sent by Alan Glokler, according to you. But he found uh, it's a post by Brian Ferguson. Okay. But Al- Alan is the I one who a, sent us the post. Yeah. He says, Brian says, hi, folks. Thanks for letting me join your club. I own a Katana 100 combo. Well, is this from Pedalboards of Doom or Pedalboards sure. of Derm? I've, I've seen this thing get flashed around a bunch of different groups. So this Brian Ferguson guy, he did this project. And then he yeah. he dropped it into a group and people are resharing it. So, Brian, if you're seeing this. 
I want to say first that I admire your handiwork. And now Steve is going to read your yep. whole drop of copy. Here. I also have a few cabs. I wanted to use the Katana uh, and I want to use the Katana uh, to drive them. But what started out as a quick quarter inch jack socket mod evolved over time. Last week, I took my Katana to bits and the GAFC foot switch bought some plywood and aluminum and made this, 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 this guy. Uh, I had to show this. you my creation. All the parts can be right refitted here. into the combo if I need to, but I can't ever see a need now. So basically he took the head portion or the amp portion uh-huh. and the, uh, I guess the Katana GAFC, which is the foot controller. Yeah, the foot switch. Um, and put them all into another he made a footboard. He made footboard, a floorboard, floorboard amp out of it. I think it is it like a wedge design or is it just it yeah, looks, it's a wedge. Yeah, it looks wedgy. It's a wedge. I think this honestly, I've I've said since getting the first katana that I had, I wish Boss would make a pedal board friendly like version of the katana. You know what? It, he used like this it's not diamond plate, but it's kind of diamond plate style. Uh-huh. But if he would have just used like No, this diamond plate would it's you, a st- it's a st- it? it's a style of diamond plate. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not like diamond diamond. It's not like uh anyway. Yeah. Why are we arguing about this? What <laughs> if it was is- a little dirtier, you could call it Dustin diamond oh, plate. He's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to remind you of like his li- death. Literally like this week. I know. He's with he's with Harambe now. Too soon, Ryan. Is that too soon or not soon too enough? Soon. I feel like it's not soon enough. Uh but anyways, you know what? I think All this is I'm really say, smart. Ryan, is what you dropping, you bringing up Dustin Diamond just brought this podcast to podcast to a screeching. Oh my gosh! Halt. Stop. <laughs> um, so gonna, I did have the thought when I heard that he died. It's like that Zach Morris is is involved in this somehow. Oh he he got him to do something awful, and he ended up dying. And now Zach's just he's going to get away with it. Is what's going to happen. Zach is going to get away with it. The way he gets away with everything. Oh my gosh! So anyway, I, what, Zach Morris is trash. What I was going to say is, <laughs> you have this. If you would just if you would have used like a normal aluminum top, this would double as a pedal board. Oh, for sure. Like you could probably fit like four or five pedals up here. That's the idea, boss. Make a Boss Katana pedal board that's got the amp controls on the backside of the pedal board, Velcro on the top so you can put other pedals on it, and then a foot switch at the very bottom of it, just like this. So you have the Katana functionality and you have pedal board functionality. It all goes in the same case together. You run a cable out of this to a speaker if you want. You run it to front of house. You do whatever you want, but it's a real Katana. It's the real solid state Katana with the built-in modeling and stuff like that. Do you think they'd have to pay this guy for like the idea? They should. They don't have to, but they should. Yeah. They I mean, should, all they have to do is get rid of the diamond plate and do flat aluminum and it's an all-do concept. They should make it the Brian Ferguson model, like have him put a signature, like do a signature, and they'll print it out on each one. This is the Brian it'll, No, it'll Ferguson. just be like, it'll be like called the BFK. The BFK. The Brian, Fer- Brian Ferguson Katana. Yeah. But people will just think it stands for Boss Flanger Katana. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Knight, you know what to do. Or they could call it the FBK, and people will think it's the floorboard katana. FBK, but it Ferguson is the Ferguson Brian. Ferguson Brian katana. That's actually a pretty good one. FBK. 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 So I, I'm just saying, great work, Brian. And yeah. I actually like that he used the diamond plate because that was like the boss theme 
on all their videos in the oh, early really? 2000s. Oh, Remember okay. they had like this diamond plate theme for their, their demos that they would do boss early on the demo game before so many other people, they had demos right. on the internet and they had this whole like diamond plate thing. What was the name of segmented the guy videos. That, that did all the, the, the guy with like the ramen hair? Yeah. I can't, I can't uh. remember his name. Shoot. I hate that I can't remember his name, but I do know that the last I heard he like he plays guitar at SeaWorld Orlando now or something like that. Shoot. Okay, in the comments, guys, tell us the name of that guy and I'll flash a picture of him up here. But yeah, boss, get on it. Make it make it like 250 bucks the same price as like a katana 50 there you go you know i mean you're saving money on the speaker on the cabinet well i guess it's a, well, it's, it's a different cabinet it's it's got an integrated foot switch so i'm guessing it should be about the mm. same price no no that's what i'm saying like you know you i think a ton of people would buy it yeah and I'm sure they could do it how a little bit slicker this, with it. How do you think this weighs? This has, you know, a vent on the top for, you know, the heat sink or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Boss could figure out an official one that doesn't have that. So it's just mm. like, a, it's just a pedal board. Like, make a slightly slatted pe pedal board for the top. Oh, and then put it in one of those plastic molded cases. One of the Boss plastic cases. Like, make a plastic case that it <laughs> the, goes into. The BCB60, but it's huge. <laughs> This doesn't have to be big. Like the the katana chassis is only like that wide. It doesn't have to be huge. Is this oh this is the katana one hundred? Does the katana one hundred have no, more it's knobs? No, it's still like that. Like the katana one hundred and katana fifty are still like it's only it's only about that wide. It's not. It wouldn't be a huge. You're right. Board. I'm looking at this picture right here. Yeah, yeah. And it's this big on my iPad. It's about like that. Oh, weird. Yeah, interesting. Okay, <laughs> about, cool. about six to seven inches. Yeah, depending on the size of your iPad. <laughs> Okay, big flex over here. Big iPad boy. Actually, I think our a, iPads are the same. Yeah. I'm just don't have my picture. You're maximized. just on a different picture. Right. <laughs> that picture's a grower. All right, Steve. Oh my gosh. Yours is a shower. I get the joke. It's a penis joke. Here we go. Uh what's new, Steve? Uh what's new is this is a part where we talk about Chaseless Audio. Oh. They make pedals more creative than you are. That's uh, right, Steve. Oh, this actually gets to be part of my oh, what's new. Oh, I saw this and I knew, oh, I knew, I saw, I saw this on the Facebook. I did it, guys. I used, I used money to buy this. This is. Why is this not open? The Bliss Factory. I bought this from. I bought this from Tom after oh, our last from Tom Kelly. Last after our last episode, I mentioned like I want one. I really want one, and so Tom wrote me. He's like, "I'll sell you mine for the cost that they were new." I was like, "I can't turn that down." And it also puts onus on me. We're like, I, you know, I can't sell it at a markup now because I'll feel terrible. Yeah. I'm not going to scalp this thing. That's so cool. But I'm legitimately excited to try out the Bliss Factory. It came in like an hour before Steve got here. Oh, Serial really? number 298. No, 198. Lower than I thought. 00198. Do you remember like what the... I think there's 1,000. There's 1,000 the of these. Run. I'm in the first 20%, guys. I'm stoked. I can't wait to try this thing. It's been a long time since I messed around with a fuzz factory. Uh, uh, Joel is saying that he's going to make a bunch more of these. They just yeah. will be a different color scheme. So it won't be the original run that was limited. So hopefully people will not be, you know, scalping them and flipping them for exorbitant amounts well, I think in the that's future. The, idea is the next run will be like a big, like a, right. such a ginormous number that 200 billion D six. That's how many they'll make. But yeah, I'm excited to mess around with this. 
the fuzz factory is such a wild circuit yeah. and you can do so many wild things with the control layouts of chase bliss pedals it cracked me up because mm. i heard i've heard some people say that it's not it's oh this pedal is like i thought since chase bliss was on it they would make a pedal that could be tamed it's like, <laughs> what? that's not what i want what <laughs> no i want what i want is the fuzz factory with the expression control yeah and I want to, you know, throw on a preset and just make screaming, squealing theremin noises. That's what I want. And if I don't get it, I'll be so upset. But I have a feeling I'm going to get it. <laughs> so check them out. ChasePlusAudio.com. Tell them I sent you. I think that's, this is a weird brag, but this is the first time I've spent my own money on a Chase Plus pedal. They're usually just sent to me. And I don't feel bad about it at all. I bought a $450 fuzz pedal, Steve. What am I doing? I almost life? bought. I was like, I knew Tom was thinking about selling it back and forth for a while. I did not. I did not chase that down, though. Mm, I chased my bliss. Actually, my bliss found me. I'll probably get in on it once the new new production run goes. Yeah, you won't have that low serial you, number, though. But Steve. then you might want to trade. What if mine has a better color? Ah, oh, damn. What if it does? Shoot, you make a good point, about. Steve. Yeah. yeah. I, all right, all right. Uh, so, so now do we do what's new? Let's talk about what's okay. new. <laughs> I'm all rearing to go, and I don't know why, because I just talked about what my what's new. So, what's new oh, with you, that Steve? Is your what's new, isn't yeah. it? Uh, what's new with me is I'm opening the next ad. Well, don't do the next ad yet, Steve. Pull, pull your what's new. Uh, I am selling in the process of selling. So, someone uh, from my church. Uh, gave this to me. This is a 1988. I Careful of this table. table. I'm just saying from experience. It's got some dings in it. This is a 40. It's weird to say like not 40. This is a 32 year old guitar. Mm -hmm. um, this is a 1988 uh, Japanese Stratocaster from from Fender. Oh, Fender um, made this Stratocaster. Stratocaster. But it's got EMGs in it. So uh, one of my. It also uh, has random like wood screws holding yeah. things together. One of my friends at church. Uh, so someone we knew, we knew from church uh, mm -hmm. passed away. Mm. Was a musician and. Rest in peace. Uh, so they asked basically uh, one of our worship staff about selling off this guitar. And she listed it. But the problem is, is she gets hit up by like dudes who are like, oh, you want. $800 for that. Oh, it has EMGs in it. I'll give you 400. And I'm just like, mm, like <laughs> I know I told you 800 and that's high. But the reason I told you 800 was because I was thinking like 600. So 400 is just, yeah, 400 up. is um, you know, bonkers, but I think 600 is totally fair for yes. so, an MIJ. It needs a setup is what I'll say. So after getting, you know, a couple, a few people that were kind of like just lowballing. And you know it's it's hard to sell something when you don't know a lot about the instrument. Um, so she's like, "Well, do you want to just take it?" Because then when people like try to lowball you, you like you know what you're talking about. Uh, so I take took this and I plugged it in. Just you know, I wanted to see what these EMGs sounded like, and they don't sound like anything uh, because I'm pretty sure the battery's dead. Right. Um, so and the battery's just under the pit guard. It's not it's not routed out the back. I took off the trim cover. Uh, it's not back there. So what I'm going to do is um, I already started talking to Sean over at Gun Street. Uh -huh. I need to finalize uh, something with him. And I'm going to, I have the original pit guard. And I actually have a set of Strat pickups that were sent to us from one of our listeners. Is the like, original pit guard all singles? It's all singles. Okay. Um, that was sent to us like th three or four years ago. Oh, I wow. Think, 
They're either Texas Specials, Fender Texas Specials, or they're Fender Tex-Mex. But they're one of the Tex. Yeah, they're Texan. Um, uh, so I'm going to drop those in there. And I think just by putting in some like some proper single coil pickups, most of the people who are like, oh, that's that's weird. Like, I'm going to knock this down because it's not original parts. I think those people will chill out. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and this isn't a cheap setup. Like the, the EMG, this like, I don't know which EMG pickups these are, but a loaded EMG pick guard is like a, like a $200 setup. There you go. Flip so I think, that. I think there's some like there's, and that's the thing that drives me nuts where the guys are like, well, I'm going to have to pay that. One of the guys was like, I'm going to have to pay $200 to get the prop, like the period credit pickups and did it. I'm like, yeah, but you could sell this pick guard for like 125, 150 bucks. No, they're trying to take advantage yeah, of a widow so, is what's going um, on. Which is despicable when I say well, it out loud. I, I don't think that that was disclosed information. Like, I'm not going to put that information in right, the right. Um No, the, but you should reply to every email that's a lowball. Hey, man, you're trying to take advantage of a yeah. widow. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm going to try to do a little work on this. I might actually. Put, you know, guys, think about that I next might time. put these cool witch hat knobs on the new one. Yeah, I like the witch hat um, knobs. They kind of stick out farther than a normal strat knob, which would bother some people. But I, I like the look a lot. But uh, also, is volume volume tone tone is normal, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Two tones. That's how long I? That's why strats sound so good is because they have twice the tone. Twice the tone. Yeah. So yeah. So this is my what's new. This is a, a little pro semi project. I need to get this through. This neck is like so much. The neck so worn out. I was playing it. It it's a really interesting shape. Like it feels wider before it gets to the edge of the fretboard, and then it rolls right. in kind of slowly around the edge. It's not rounded at the edge, but it starts around before it gets to the edge. And it's just this really chunky wide C. Like it's not thick, but it's wide. I think it's just like a really played in. Oh, it's definitely a well-played guitar. The frets are mostly flat across the range of the neck. If, if I owned it, I'd probably take it to someone to get crowned or something like that. Because some of those frets are really flat. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna deal with it. But I think it, I think it's really cool, and the color is really cool too. We, we don't know what color this is. I sent this. Uh, I it's actually like sent a, some pictures and the serial number to Fender to find out what color this is. It's like a metallic blue, but it's not Pelham. It's like the color of like a Dodge Viper. I still think that this is like a funky aging on a Lake Placid. Yeah. That's like made. But it Lake a little, Placids are so are you? Yeah. It's like Lake Placid with a candy blue over the it's, Lake Placid. There's like a there's like at certain angles there's like a yellow green thing going on that I just. I think the yellow out. green thing is the aging, but I I think this bright blue is not Placid. Also, the finish is a lot thinner than I thought it would be. Look at the chipping on the back. Look how thin that the paint is. Like the Japanese strats yeah. that I've seen that are chipped, especially like the iridescent ones. It's like candy coated on there, like ridiculously thick. <laughs> like it was like dipped in a vat of like melted caramel corn or something like that yeah. thick. Like that right, actually right. looks like a really thin poly finish, which is interesting to me. So I don't, I don't know, know. Maybe something, maybe they'll come back and say, oh, that serial numbers. That's uh, that's the long lost uh, print signature Stratocaster that we never actually released. It's the only one. It's worth $20 billion. $20 billion. It's worth more than any guitar that Eric Clapton has ever tried to sell at auction or anyone who's else who and bought Steve, an Eric Clapton in 2000 and then tried to resell it. Steve will be very generous, of course. He will split 
the earnings with the widow 60-40, right? Well, I, you know, I told them it's like six to 800, so I owe them six to $800. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be so despicable. <laughs> and that's how you become super rich Steve. We've discovered super rich Steve's origins and it is terrible. <laughs> oh, you know what else is, you know what else is new? What else is new? Do you got anything new? Just uh, I redid. I redid this whole oh, thing. Oh, you did. Yeah, it looks so clean in here. Yeah, it it's so a, nice. It's a lot. You guys probably can't tell because it's subtly different. But I am thinking about painting the walls blue instead of gray. The same blue as that Stratocaster, probably. <laughs> well, I've got swatches on the wall behind you. I'm trying to decide which swatch to go with. Uh, but yeah, I'm having. I, I. I'm more of a Victorinox man myself. I. Uh, I went and you know I got back from JHS. Immediately, I drove to Ikea to buy white Ikea furniture. <laughs> but I'd, I'd been planning on getting more furniture for a while. And I was actually wanted to get gray furniture to wrap, match the rest. And they were out. All that was left was white. It was like, well, I guess I'm breaking it up now. Mm -hmm. And that's pushing me to get more creative with colors on the set, not just do the monochrome thing that I've been doing forever. Right. Um, so expect to see changes around here. I still have a bunch of videos that we shot on the old set that, oh, yeah. I, that I need to edit and publish. You got to edit it so uh, you can see the new, you got to like, yeah, yeah. Get rid of the background and put the new background in those. <laughs> That's a thing you can do, right? Yeah. I'll just do that. It'll be so easy to just cut us out of the old background. Someone asked the other day in a comment, like, is this green screened? Is that really <laughs> behind you? Yeah, it's really guys. It's really there. It's one of these days. One of these days, you should. Uh, there was we some. Should bring the green screen. In. We should go to Guitar Center and just take one picture of the Guitar Center wall, uh -huh. and then put the green screen in here and just put the Guitar Center background and see people like, oh, you changed your you changed your wall again. I huh? could do road case videos without going anywhere if I just yeah. green screen it. There was a channel that was green screening a guitar wall behind them. I can't can't remember which one it was. It was years ago. Oh. But when they revealed it. I was like, number one, good green screen work. Wow, you really, you fooled me. My eye didn't catch it. Number two, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? I can see that you actually do have guitars around. You are yeah. in a space that you could decorate. Why are you green screen? <laughs> like it, was, it was a little bit baffling to me. But yeah, this is all real. Yeah. This is really the life I live. And it's a little, it's a little sad. <laughs> so my other what's new is uh, I tried to become a GameStop millionaire. Oh my gosh. It hasn't worked yet. Oh my gosh. No, I, anyone who, most people who heard about it, heard about it too late. Um, I heard about it on the way up. I could, if I would have sold when I was awake at its highest, I would have made a good, a decent chunk for what I put in. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm in the club of, and I'm not like, there are people who got in at like 300 and still haven't gotten out and it's at like $50 now. Right. And so I'm in those with those people, but with a lot less money on the line that, cause I got in like at my, my average share cost is like $80. Okay. Um, but now it's funny because the that whole, there's a whole group of people who are like, yeah, if I sell my shares, like I invest, like there are people who went big and invested like $10,000 because that's their day traders or whatever. Right, right. They're like, yeah, if I sell, um, I'm only, I'm going to lose $7,000. But if I never sell, then I never lose. <laughs> so, I mean, because that's the, that's the reality of the stock market, right? Right, right. Until a business 
completely vaporizes like you haven't lost money until you sell. So, but but you're, I you mean, know, it's, it's the thing. It's the thing. The same as like, you know, if you keep product around for ninety days yeah, and you're losing, it's, it's money. lost like, opportunity cost. Like, potentially. like that's money that you don't have to invest in other things. Right. I just and, think it's funny that like, yeah. You know, if you look at it and and because there are stock, I do tiny little bit of stock stuff. I I made. Did you some, ever make money on Chipotle? No, I lost money on Chipotle. <laughs> but if I had sat on it, I would have. Oh, okay. I knew that it would come back, but I got impatient and was mm. like, eh, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. But if I had sat on it long enough, I probably would have made the same amount of money I made moving that money over to other things. Mm. Um, but you know, it's like you could sit there and wait for decades, years. Right. You know, right. months, whatever, for that stock to rise up again for you to be breaking even or yeah. make a little bit. Or you could be like, well, I could take this 500 bucks and I could put it on something that will grow for the time being. It's true. So I don't know. It, I don't I don't recommend people doing the you, stock you're market. Not a, you're not an individual stocks guy? Are you an ETF guy? ETF no, I have all sorts of individual oh, stocks, okay. but I, I'm, I'm, you know, doing stocks more as like self-entertainment. Oh, okay. Like if I lost everything overnight and be like, well, that was an experiment, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I, I would be flipped out of my mind all day long if I was reliant on stock. Oh yeah. Stock performing yeah, for me. You, you know, you can't do it as like a, I don't know. I don't understand. How, like one of my coworkers uh, is like really into stocks and he does all of like, the the intermediate to advanced stock stuff. So he's doing like right. option stuff. And I, I don't think he's done margin, but he does a lot on options and he did the GameStop thing and actually made money on it. Someone asked us if we were going to become a stocks channel because like some other YouTube oh, yeah. channels like completely changed uh, <laughs> like formats to be like, okay, now we're a stocks channel. We're now. not a stocks channel. I'm just telling the story. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he was t telling me like the night that, like basically he bought one day and then the next day he sold because that was one of the low to high days. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I didn't sleep last night. He's like, basically I was, I, I was, I was joking with him. I was like, well, you know, the market opens at six 30. So if you want to wake up early, like, so you can sell right at six 30. He's like, yeah, I woke up at like four yeah, to like start my day. So and like, I couldn't go back to sleep. My sister knows someone who had a pile of GameStop stocks that he bought like three years ago. Yeah. When it was all like and he a just, couple bucks. He just bought it for whatever reason and he had been sitting on it and kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden his phone started blowing up with all the stuff and he's like, what? And he goes and checks on it and he has all this money in there and he sold it before it hit its peak, but he still walked away with yeah. six yeah. like six figures. Dang. Yeah. Uh he hit enough of a peak. But anyways, let's I talk bought, about this I bought, ad. I bought Dogecoin at like three cents so when it hits 99 cents i'm gonna have like 12 bucks yeah boy <laughs> talk about this ad this is a jay mascus uh squire jazz master that has seen some, this is oh i remember this this is legitimate battle damage this is not a like a novelty vanity relic this is a real relic like don't show me your relics unless it's missing you know like Eight ounces of wood. The way yeah, this what's one that is. about? This is going to be the future of relics. How does I, that happen? I don't even know how that happens. Mm. That is such a gnarly break. The top horn, kind of near where the top strap peg is, literally has a chunk 
about the size of half of a Twinkie. Yeah. Taken out of it. Like it's, it's that, those dimensions. It's like half a Twinkie. Like you could take half a Twinkie. You could shove it in there. You could, you know, squirt some super glue over it and do like those, you know, videos where people fill things in with ramen. You could fill it in with a Twinkie and lacquer over it to fill it in. Also, there's all kinds of other bonkers damage all over the body. Basically, it looks like this thing fell out of a car or something. Like the body is cracked laterally yeah. along its length in all sorts of really terrible compromising ways. And then there's a really odd pickup. It looks like there was some sort of like photo treatment applied over a Jazzmaster pickup that doesn't have any poles on it. Yeah, so I don't understand what that one is. The other one is maybe they're it's just the style, maybe that's both of them, but it's a company called Black Tri. Huh. But it's spelled B L K slash T R I. And they're called Lights in the Sky pickups or LITs. Um they're hand wound scatter coil pickups made one at a time. No two are exactly alike. Basically, it kind of from reading about it, I, I I don't know anything about this company. I've never heard of them. Their website is very uh, hipstery. <laughs> like it's just white background, small text, and some pictures. It looks like you know, it looks like they're they should have a supreme pickup basically. Um, but uh, and it's a there's a neck and a bridge pickup. They're currently not for sale, or they're currently sold out. But they are hundred and twenty dollars each. It would it's. Like the neck look like it looks like it's in pretty good shape. So the pickups are $120 each. Yeah. 120 you said. $120 each. So that's that's, you know, we'll count them as used. We'll call them $200 in pickups. Uh this is a guitar, but you have to subtract the value of the original pickups. So let's call them $125 pickups. Because you're not going to be replacing you know, you, you you trying to find, you know, yeah. Jazzmaster pickups. You're going to spend at least that much on even yeah. the cheapest set. So $120 in pickups. They want uh, $300 for this on Reverb right now. J Mascus Jazzmasters are going for $500. Is this only $75 worth of damage on this guitar? No, it's more. It's more than. Hold on, where are you getting some? Because I'm adding the value of the pickups to what they're charging for the guitar. Or what am I doing here? I did my I math all weird. you did the math back. Because yeah, yeah. you said these are like $500 new, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess the only thing I would say is I, I don't know exactly what the story on these pickups are. I'm trying to find any. Okay, because the, the way I was trying to do the math is I'd have, to, subtra- I'd have to subtract 125 from 300. So two... Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think right now. So 175. 175. Is this uh, $325 worth of damage on this guitar? I guess that sounds more right. I kind of like this chunk on the upper horn is kind of disconcerting to me. The crack might go through the whole body. Oh, it for sure does. It's it's to have it showing through the paint like that. uh, That is a compromising crack for the strength of the body. If it gets a good hit, that upper yeah. bout is going to pop off for sure. But you, you know, this thing already got a really good couple of hits like that crack it, up the is back it just being held together by the pick card. You see that crack in the back, that body might split down the middle 
eventually. But that crack doesn't go all the way through to the front. That's what I'm saying. That, that it almost, it probably almost does. There's very little wood. I'd almost say take this guitar apart, finish the crack, snap it in half, and then glue it back together to be sure that it won't break. Or wait for it to break on its own and then glue it back together. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could break it in half and glue it back together and it would be a totally fun and functional guitar. Ryan, can I ask you a question? Yes. Does this look like a hand grenade to you? <laughs> no. Does this look like a horseshoe to you? No. Almost doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> As the great American songstress Brandy once said. Oh my gosh. Almost doesn't count. Um, I would have a tough time paying $300 for this. No matter the pickups. I would, I would be like, the pickups don't count. I don't care. Take the pickups out and I will pay you $125 for it. That's what I would say. Neck included. This whole time I've been looking at that bridge pickup thinking that that was a reflection. No, it's like a photograph that's wearing away. <sighs> okay. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this pickup reflecting a grass, grass like a grassy image and the other pickup is black with paint on it or yeah, something? Yeah, I mean, they're not matching pickups. No. So somebody sold these pickups, had these had a pair of similar pickups listed on Reverb. They were set 335 slash 336. I don't listed three years ago and they sold. Well, the, it, they did sell. They were listed for 220. I don't, I, I do kind of like the pickups look weird and kind of cool. I want to know about, I really like the, the thought of a Jazzmaster pickup that has no pull pieces. I like that idea visually. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the photo thing that's wearing off on this, but I have a feeling, you know, you could continue to wear off the photo completely. But I like that idea of a, of a completely blank pickup. Um, but what what do you think about wanting this guitar for one twenty five? Do you think that person would take it if I said keep the pickups? I look at that giant chunk. I look at the crack in the body, and I'm like, if I had this thing in my possession, I would see if it's flexing on that crack. Ryan, this is normal wear. It says in the <laughs> ad, normal wear. Totally normal wear. I'd see if it was flexing on that crack, and if it was, I would break it all the way and then mm. re-glue it and set it. Um, would you refin it so people couldn't no, tell? No, no, no. I would, I would leave it all messed up. And then that giant chunk in the top, I think I would do the ramen thing as a joke. Oh ramen and epoxy and leave it with the ramen exposed but sand it to smooth to fit and like yeah there was a big chunk out of this and i filled it with top ramen and you know epoxy resin <laughs> there's something charming about a really beat up jazz master and i think jay mascus would approve of this thing i really think he would I, and that's kind of like where i i almost feel like the value's almost there because if you're in the kind of band that like there's certain bands where I could see, like, if you had the money, then the problem is, is the kind of bands that that this fit this aesthetic probably don't want to spend three hundred dollars. They want to smash it themselves. Um, but I, I kind of like the the neck actually looks like it's in good shape. I feel like you could turn, you could, you could like come up with a purpose for that giant chunk. Like you clean it yeah. up and you could like store your keys in there or something or like hollow it out enough and you could like store a slide in there. Like, like it could become something. There's a J-Mascus neck that's getting active bids on eBay at $153 with no tuners. One, one day, 14 hours to go. So you're saying I'd have to pay more than 125 for this. I'm saying like 
if the neck is in good shape, which maybe it's not, you know, you can't really tell. This guitar took such heavy damage that I'd be surprised if the neck, I mean, it looks fine in the photos, but I would be surprised if it didn't have something going on. Maybe, but what if like they took the neck off and did this? Like what if it's in very <laughs> right. intentional? How does that giant chunk happen though? Like how did that even happen? Stratosphere sells these necks for $170. Wow. That it's it's so wild. I I'm just saying like I'm in I'm genuinely intrigued at three hundred dollars. I think at two hundred dollars I'm buying and not even asking questions. Wow. I I don't know why. That's just my gut feeling on this man. If it was in front of me, at like the swap meet or something, and I saw it for three hundred, I would probably say one fifty, and then yeah, I'd probably walk away at two hundred. So you're probably right. Walk away with the guitar at two hundred. At two hundred, yeah. And then if they if they tried to go above two hundred, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I I was really you know looking at the beef jerky stall yeah. a couple hours over buy there. So I'm gonna go fifty dollars of beef jerky. I'm gonna go take my money to the beef jerky stall. Beef jerky boys. Yeah, and then the the guy would be uh, like, "Your uh, loss." Yeah, your loss. Yeah. This guitar was smashed by Jay Mascus himself. <laughs> if it was, that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty fun. All right, let's talk about the album. Let's dude. talk about our next sponsor. Oh. <laughs> Big Ear Pedals. Oh, you we, grabbed it. We found out today that the loaf, unlike Ryan's dream. Ryan, what do you want to me? Loaf? To me, loaf stands for low AF. Yeah. Uh, loafing is what, and I don't know why I didn't think about this. Loafing is what, uh, well, cats do it. My cat does it all the right. time. It's when they sit on like something and they look like a big like meatloaf or cat loaf or yeah. whatever. It's something uh, that bunnies do it's too. Something that bunnies do. And, and Grant a, and Karen have bunnies. Yeah. And so that's what this is named after. After their, their white bunny yeah, loafing around. Loafing around because when an animal loafs, it just looks so warm and fuzzy, just like the loaf. But it, I think someone saw a rabbit doing that and like whoa. That rabbit is low AF. Oh my gosh. So if you want a low for anything else, uh, that is super rad, high quality pedals. Go check out bigearpedals.com. Big yep. All right, Ryan, are you ready to talk about this album? Oh my album, gosh. We're going to review it. Steve threatened me with this album last week. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> and it's the first time I've ever listened to more than a portion of a Taylor Swift song. Like I've heard many of these songs in snippets yeah. in commercials, movies, shows, the mall, the grocery store, the grocery store, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it's the first time I've heard songs back to back like this. Mm -hmm. um, wh what do you think, Steve? Do you think I liked it? Or you think I disliked it? I, you know, I don't know. The album was uh, 1989. It was 1989. Okay. Did you only listen to 1989? Because I sent you two albums. But, yeah, okay. I only listened to 1989. Okay. I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, okay. So it's, you, you tell me, do you think I liked it or not? I kind of just I, it sounds showed like you, it off. It sounds like you didn't like it, Ryan. Here's, here's my take on it. If my kids got into Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to listen to her on a road trip or driving around or something like that. It wouldn't ruin my life. It wouldn't, right. it wouldn't be like, Oh, great. Now I got to listen to Taylor Swift. But I will say that if there was a, like a cure versus Smith's rivalry going on and you had to pick a camp, 
mm-hmm. between Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish, I'd be on the Billie Eilish team. There was a so there, quick. There was kind of a Smiths versus the the Cure rivalry. No, that's what I'm referencing. Between Taylor Swift and and uh, oh. Uh, Katy Perry. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. It's more like the fan bases, I guess. That honestly makes more sense as far as the style of the music because it's it's deeply pop. Yeah. Like, this is pop music. Like, this is, like, honestly, this could have come out 2001, 1998, and it would have been, you know, right alongside Britney Spears. I feel like... Uh, I would first of all, I would say I don't think you've listened to enough Britney Spears. <laughs> I was um, a teen in college age when that was happening, and I had plenty of friends that were listening to it, and I listened to that. I'm not them. saying you haven't heard Britney Spears. I'm saying okay. no. I'm saying like, like didn't Britney Spears is very much like a dance. Po- anyway, not the point. Not the point. Right. Not the point. Um, I actually listening to this. I and I was saying telling this to some people who were, I don't want to say they were offended. Um, My point was Katy Perry's pop. Taylor Swift is yeah, pop. Yeah. Uh, you cannot rework those songs easily to be, you know, other styles. Where when I listened to Billie Eilish, I was like, you could turn this into a Nine Inch Nail song and it sure. would work. You can't sure. do that with those pop albums. All right, guys, here's a challenge. Uh, this is uh, this is the challenge. It is um, uh, uh, Taylor Swift, 1989. I want pop punk covers of this album. No, we gotta finish the last <laughs> we got to finish our current contest before we start a new right. one um but but yeah you know i so what i was saying is i feel like this album maybe more than like other taylor swift albums it feels like a product of its time a lot of people love this album a lot of people consider this like the best taylor swift album this is peak taylor 2014 i think um, if, if you like one of the songs on this album then you're sure to like all of them because it feels very samey to me across right. the I, entire thing. I think you know, in hindsight, and I was the one who assigned you the album, but I actually think you would probably enjoy Red more. It's Red is a more pop. Um, you know, Red is Red is a late stage Counting Crows. Okay, you know it's. It's a lot of acoustic guitar driven pop music. It's it's like a it's not late 90s. Well, here's the like, thing. It's not it's not late 90s pop, but it's like my issue, the things I don't like about it are not the music production. I'm right. f- I'm fine with the production side of it. I'm fine with the instrumentation of it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with all that. The, I think the thing I really don't like yeah is Taylor Swift. <laughs> So I don't think listening to another album will fix that for me. I don't like. Okay, here here's the thing I was hearing. You know how I I have safety riffs. Yeah. And I play the same four safety riffs all the time, and yes. I can't seem to break out of it. Uh huh. I was after you know this eighteen track album or whatever it is. Yeah. I was like, I know all four of Taylor's safety oh, riffs, yeah. and she uses them. You know, they're they're little vocal things that she does, and she uses them in every single song. Right. And it's like, I don't really want to hear that, you know, little melody hiccup thing she does anymore. I don't want to hear the, the you know, the breathy little bridge breakdown thing she does anymore. Like, yeah. I, I'm hearing these same safety things that she does. You know, you can call them safety risks or you could call them her, you know, her signatures. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I want to hear these anymore. I don't want to hear these signatures anymore. I'm, I'm over them. Also, I'm not into the lyrics at all. Like the messages of the song are fine. The stories of the songs are fine, but there's just so many lines. Are you telling me that when you started this album with Welcome to New York, you didn't feel welcome <laughs> to New York? I felt too welcomed to New York is the problem. Uh, let me get to my notes. Are you telling me you don't have a list of Starbucks lovers? <laughs> uh, I wrote, shake it off is cringe. Shake it off is really like and and that is you know okay that's that that's that that's shake it off is the song that you couldn't escape all right i wrote yeah there's something about her lyrical style that i don't like bad blood feels especially awkward to me and then i put in quotes band-aids don't fix bullet holes Ugh! No, <laughs> stop. Uh, and then right after but that, but it's true, Ryan. It's a true statement. <laughs> that is medically true. So she might be a doctor. She's a Doctor Taylor Swift. Doctor Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, nurse? Band aids don't fix bullet holes. <laughs> Let me get in there and fix this for you. Um, some. It, I started to notice those kinds of lines so often that I just right. wrote r slash I'm 14 and this is deep, which is a subreddit mm. that I frequent where people find, you know, little things posted on the internet where people are trying to be deep, but it really, it just reveals like, oh, this is the first time you've encountered like a deep thought and this is actually right. like hilariously bad, you know, like it, it's that level of like cringe for me in the songwriting, but at the same level, I get why people like it so much. There were um, like I get why I get why she's had success, and I I certainly don't want to see her not be successful. And you know I I there's certainly tons and tons of dumb music that I love that other people would listen to the lyrics and listen to you know the various you know hooks and you know mannerisms that happen in it and be like oh this is dumb. But mm -hmm. I love it. I'm fine with people loving this, and I know that you are you know. You're a big Tay Tay fan over here, Steve. Yeah, I, I but you know, I w I would say in re-listening to this album, I think I picked. I felt like I picked the wrong album as I was re-listening to it. Um, <laughs> I should have. Uh, I picked it because, like I said, it's probably her most broadly accepted best album. All right. Um, well, but, certainly had plenty of hits on it. Like I've heard a bunch of those songs. I think it. You know, I didn't. The second album I sent you was Folklore which I have said Folklore's was the perfectly timed album. Okay. Um, because it was, you know, the whole story is like she went into a cottage or whatever, a, a remote studio in New York and recorded this during a pandemic and it's the, you know, the perfect pandemic album kind of a thing. So I, I kind of wish I would have given you that one, but I tried to go with the, the maybe the more clickbaity one. I don't know. Sure. Well, I will say I don't think I have any interest in pursuing any more Taylor Swift. All right. But maybe I'll listen to one track off of it and see like if it's any different. Well, it's very like the Wikipedia actually calls it an indie folk album. All right. Which might be worse for you. Um, <laughs> but like to give you But does she sing the same like kind of breathy style and does yeah, she still but do that's the just same what her voice sounds like? But does she do the same like like little vocal mannerisms that she does in all her songs. Uh, probably. And so, are uh, the is the lyrical content still? I'm 14 and this is deep. I think it's I think it's uh, it's 14 and this is deep, but in a different way. 
Um, it's more 14 and this is deep because I've been reading a lot of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Okay, that's not getting any better. <laughs> like, like I think I was hoping that you would say Nietzsche. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? I always read it. I have, don't uh, actually know Nietzsche how to pronounce it. Or, or Nietzsche? Nietzsche? I think it's pronounced niche. niche. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, no, so, so what I was saying is Nietzsche. Nietzsche? I've, I've Nietzsche? heard. Of, I've heard yeah. the various. Um, what I was going to say is. Um, I was hoping she was a nihilist. Yeah, a nihilist. <laughs> yeah. Nihilist? Is it nihilist or nihilist? I don't know how to. I don't know how to say words. I just read the words. Uh, that, well, what I'll say about folklore is folklore. You know, it has a lot of the. I would say it probably has a lot of the same things. Um, but I would also say that that it's it's a lot more. It has a lot more whimsy. Okay. In it. And that's what I mean by like. By whimsy, do you mean banjo? Does it have banjo in it, Steve? I mean, it might. I don't think it, I don't know that it has banjo, but it does have Bonabare. So. Okay. Uh, does it have ukulele? Uh, probably. Somewhere. Okay. There's the whimsy. We found the whimsy. Um, it's got, it's got a couple, you know, it's got, I think it's a better song to song. I think it's a better album. All right. I'm not saying you're going to like it. She says shit on the first track. Oh, damn she it, cusses Steve. on this album, Ryan. We just lost. Uh, you said penis like an hour ago. Yeah, but you're allowed to say that. I don't think you're allowed to say that. Well, now we might as well swear. Crap, duty, poo-poo, vagina, penis, titties. Great. What? <laughs> <laughs> we ruined the episode in the last couple minutes of it steve All right, speaking well, what, of what, what, the episode you're gonna do some else I, I tore into taylor swift what is your like you want to give a succinct dis- defense since you are a no, taylor like swift I said, lover I, I think you know going back and re-listening to 1989 i i picked it because i i know it's the most popular one it's the one that made ryan adams pop culturally important oh. because basically nobody give two craps about that dude until he covered 1989 oh. bunch of ryan adams fans are going to be bad at me right now guess what i don't care no one cares about Ryan Adams fans anymore. Screw that guy. Also, Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. Screw that guy. Maybe you would have been a cooler dude if you actually got a rib removed. I stole that joke from someone else. I think I stole that joke from Andrew Renaud. That's actually a pretty good joke. Maybe you wouldn't have been such a creep if that was a true story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I just I think it's hilarious that my opinion of Marilyn Manson right now as a 40 year old man almost 40 year old man probably winds up pretty close to my parents opinion of marilyn manson when they were 40 years old like it's come full circle way to go marilyn i didn't think about you for 20 years and now here we are now i think about you and i think you're trash oh man so yeah uh i i think 1989 is is it was like a hard album for me to come back to um i mean i listened to the whole thing and it's fine it's just like i don't think it's my favorite album um, I actually, uh, I think, uh, what is the thing you don't like about it that makes it not your favorite? You know, I think some of it was probably the, the hit factory of it, you know? Mm. Um, so it's too good. Says well, Steve. no hits doesn't like a hit doesn't mean a song is good. It just means it's a hit. Right. I mean, you think the Macarena is good. You think Barbie girl is a good song? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> you just asked the wrong question, Steve. <laughs> 
I mean, try to not have that stuck in your head right now. Just thinking just about that song. Stuck in- I'm a Barbie girl <laughs> in a Barbie world. It's fantastic. We're gonna get a copyright strike I'm made now. of plastic. Oh, Rick Beato, you warned us. You warned us, Rick, and we didn't listen. Oh, damn it. Um, no, I, I think I think it's one of these things where the production's too slick. It's it's maybe like you said, like it's it's. 14 year old girl deep thoughts but without any i don't think it's 14 year old girl deep thoughts i think it's 14 year old no i think it's sophomore college deep thoughts but the kind of sophomore college deep thoughts that 14 year old girls just love oh they love it so much they've never heard prose so deep and so fulfilling band-aids can't heal bullet holes she's right that's what my heartbreak feels like. It feels like bullet holes and the band-aids are something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, you know, this, yeah, the, 1989 is considered the album that was like her full pop transition because like I said, the album before this red uh, still had a lot of like action. I don't want to say actual instrumentation. No, that's like not fair. Snob, snobby way. But it had more traditional instrumentation. Sure. This this was definitely a pop album. Like I said, Red is more. Ha- Red has some artifacts in it. Like the song "Trouble" off of Red has a freaking EDM bass drop in it. How long have we been talking about Taylor Swift? Uh, ten minutes. It feels like a minutes. thousand years. Um. So I, you know, I think. Uh, I think as she's gotten older, she's kind of moved more towards. And again, maybe it's just 2020. 2020 was the year to release serious albums uh you know mm. if you i want. think 2021 should be the year to release hilariously funny albums like let's lighten it up mm. 2021 let's get fun that's what i'm saying let's did get, you just steal that from a bim bam i wish what is their 2021 saying i don't remember it's something about big dogs i think <laughs> Oh yeah, 20, 2020 big dogs run. Yeah, twenty twenty big dogs run. I want to do some housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, do the housekeeping, do housekeeping. Steve. Uh, housekeeping. If you'd like to support the show, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash sixty cycle hum, where if you sign up in the next six months, uh, you could be our one hundredth Patreonage, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, this week we'd like to, uh, if you sign up, I don't know, go to the website, check it out. I'm not really selling this this week, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to thank, uh, Moss land for joining us at the $5 level. Moss was on, uh, the, uh, the live stream yeah, yeah. the other day. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the 69, 420 live stream yeah. and, uh, JL Bumgardner also joined at the, uh, $5 level. That's a good it, name. But it was very confusing because you can, you know, you can sign up for a full year. So he, I, all of us, I just got you this had to email. do math. No, I just got this email that said JL Bumgarner has pledged $55. And I was like, what? <laughs> Whoa. I was like, uh, is that a, what? And then I figured out that it was annual. So that's still cool. That's an yeah. option for you. You'd save a, you get one free month if you sign up for a full year. There you go. And Michael Neighbors at the Neighbors, Neighbors at the $1 level. And uh, whether it's a dollar, $5, a year, Please, a month, won't whatever. you be my neighbor? Uh, um, <laughs> $10, $26, whatever you want. Um, you can 
send some money over to us and we super appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan probably bought all those Ikeas with the Patreon money. I definitely did. And actually paid for travel costs to go to JHS with mm. Patreon money. The Patreons are uh, one of the more important sponsors of the road case yeah. stuff because they actually pay the travel costs. So I was thinking about that. I need to figure out a way to incorporate that information into the next series of road case videos, oh. which are coming out soon. I shot, I shot six videos at JHS and I've got four videos that I shot at Mo's guitars here and I've got all the sponsors lined up. So, uh, hopefully this week I'll get the first episode up. I need to get you a new list. Yeah. Of the, uh, the patrons. Also, I want to say we're really late in the episode. We need to talk about this earlier next episode so that people know about it. Uh, people who already do know about it are excited. We're doing another song contest. We're doing Unska My Song. All you need to do is find a ska song that you think would be known or recognized as a ska song and cover it in a non-ska style. Unska My Song. Take, Take out all the horns. <laughs> this isn't working. We should have practiced. All right, you ready to hit this last ad? Are we talking about practice? Practice? <laughs> That's usually my joke. I know, and it's so bad. That's why I raced you to it. Okay, who who sent this one in? I don't We're know. We're going to, oh, the ad, I don't know, man. You, they're just numbers. Cody Hanlon. Cody Hanlon. Cody Hanlon sent this. Uh, this is a Squire Pabase Fender Squire Custom 5 pickup bass, one of a kind, $500. Just because it's one of a kind doesn't mean it's worth $500. Now, hold on, Steve. I have a big question for you. Okay. Is this really a five pickup bass, or do you count a P bass pickup to be two pickups? I only see four. Wait. You're missing. No, there are five pickups here. You are missing. P bass is one pickup. You're missing this one. No, yeah, one, two, yeah. Now I see that. Okay, the P bass is one pickup. P bass is one. It's a split. But it's kind of individual. It's a split coil. They're split coil. Okay, if you got, if you got a, if you had a Fender Twelve, an old, I would Fender count 12. them as separate pickups. <laughs> so you think the Mustang Tic Tac is two pickups? Yeah. You count that as two pickups, yeah. not one pickup. Yeah. If they want us to be one pickup, then they need to be bridged together by a plastic cover the way the GNLs are. I was going to say, are the GNL? I can't remember. If no, those are one pickup. Unibody or not? But these these are independent of each other. They're not connected physically. They're two pickups. This is they're a connected by wires. Yeah. So is everything else on the guitar. But like, you wouldn't unwire them. It wouldn't make sense. You could though, if you wanted. I guess. Okay, Weird. it's a five pickup bass. Five picks up pickups is still impressive in a bass guitar. Is Do you it think if it was six pickups, it would be worth more? Is it? Is it, it would impressive? Would be six hundred dollars? Maybe. <laughs> so someone has taken a Squire P bass. They want five hundred dollars for it, um, and they've loaded four extra pickups in it. One is like a. It's actually a guitar pickup. They put a guitar like a Filtertron style pickup in the very, very bridge position. They put an Ernie Ball, big fat humbucker, like heavy slugged thing right next to that, moving towards the middle. Then you've got the stock uh, P-Bass pickup. And then you have, what are those called? It's the little single coil pickup that goes into like Bronco bases. It's a P-Bass. That's, that's the old school P-Bass That's pickup. the old school P-Bass pickup. And then some sort of covered mini bucker in the neck. Oh, another Filtertron cover, but it's like, all, it's yeah, all black. but it's like a blacked out. It's a, like a black mini Filtertron. Are you curious about this at all, Steve? Do you look at this and go like, I want to hear what that sounds like? No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, also the pit guard is snapped. Do you see this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. 
Well, you 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 snap it is what you do, right? Sure. I bet you anything they were like, I got to get into the controls because it's not working, and they didn't want to take the whole thing apart, so they just undid the screws and right. held out part of it and just bent it until it snapped. Oh my gosh! I hope not. That's sad. I think that's what happened. Do you think because it's these, not a clean break, is it like shattered? Where do you think they got all these pickups? There, do you think they're just they got a this is why I don't understand. From the so pickup list, store, Steve. Listing, I don't know. They're listing, listed, listing. They're, they've listed this for five hundred dollars, basically a hundred dollars per pickup. Basically, maybe, maybe even uh, eighty three dollars. Eighty three dollars per pickup if you count the uh, P bases two pickups, uh, like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is like a humbuckery. I don't even know if that's really, that looks too small to be a music man pickup. It looks weird. Yeah. It all looks weird, but I'm saying like that, that pickup, that's like a music, like a humbucker. It, it doesn't even really look right. Here's what I think is going on. This guy is like, I need to know what all these different pickups sound like in a base. Mm-hmm. He built this base. He put it all together. He's like, you know what? It's that Filtertron in the bridge position. That's my signature sound. Now I can get rid of this bass and I can go build a bass that just has that. And I don't need to ask this question anymore. I figured out my sound. It is a Filtertron guitar pickup so close to the bridge that it barely outputs anything for a bass. (laughs) I bet you anything the neck pickup sounds best on this no matter what. <laughs> you think so? Uh, probably not, but probably closest to like a traditional bass sound. Probably, maybe not, but you know, I don't know what. What are you? Th- you're you're a long guitar boy. What do you think about this? I'm thing? trying to see if I'm just trying to figure out what that. Like, it bothers me that I have no idea what these pickups are. Like, what do you want to know about? I them? just want to know where they came from. I want to know why this guy thinks that they're worth so no, much. No, this guy got on AliExpress and ordered every pickup that that's, he saw. That's what I think they are. That's that's literally what I think is happening. Because none here. of them are marked in any sort of way. Like, yeah. that, those Filtertrons don't have any marks, which means well, the, they, they came off of the some Filtertrons are the, budget like, site or that's something. That's like the same thing that the Eastwood pick, pickups are. Sure, on, sure. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, I don't like this at all. How does it make you feel, Steve? It just makes me feel weird. <laughs> I want to see this done because there's so much space on a bass guitar. I want to see a bass guitar with, I'm doing the math in my head right now, 15 lipstick pickups. <laughs> I think they would all fit. Just, like just one after the other. Yeah, one after the other, like a one washboard. Just a washboard of lipstick pickups. And then a slider to select them. Oh my gosh. A 15-position slider. Click, 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 click. One at a time. Is that a thing? Or 15 thing. little toggle switches. Oh, there we go. 15 toggles. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. Or 15 volume knobs to blend them all together. <laughs> you got to admit, it would look pretty sharp to have a washboard. That actually sounds like something that, like, uh, Depinto would do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Presenting the Depinto Base 15. <laughs> It's not 15 strings. It's 15 pickups. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Tell us about the song. Let's get out of All here. All right. This song uh, was sent to us by Nate Leslie. This is the second song we're playing from him from, uh, I think, in recent months. He says, hey, guys, this song is called Finger. Second track from my 2014 solo album, Awake Music. I recorded in an apartment uh, in, in an apartment bedroom, tracking my Warmoth Jazzmaster and Telecaster through a Vox AC30. It was so long ago now that I don't remember the, what effects I specifically use, 
I often use a Moogerfuger Murph for drive, turning the effect down and the gain all the way up. Enjoy the cowbell. Uh, if you want to hear more, head on over to natelesley.bandcap.com. I already like it. say i like it a lot better than i like the taylor swift album wow that was fun that was a fun track cool i like the i like all the sounds going on in there all the squealing squelching sorts of sounds happening in that good riffs too what do you think steve i liked it now i want to hear leslie stuff i want to hear a ska song done in that style (laughs) (laughs) all right bye everyone stay Stay grounded. grounded